0: Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Coach Time on the Believe Network. I'm your host, John Lyons, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He is Christopher Price of the Believe Network. And Boston.com. He knows everything New England sports. And today we're going to spend some time talking about the New England Patriots and the NFL. Chris, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, John. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. And I'm excited to dive into this with you because I was on your podcast a few weeks back and we had a great discussion then. But just even in the last three weeks, a lot has gone on in the NFL world. We saw Odell Beckham signed with the Ravens we saw Jalen Hurts sign well re-sign I should say with the Philadelphia Eagles for big money 180 million guaranteed so even in those few weeks we've seen a lot of news and as we approach the draft here on a lot of teams the Patriots included are opening their offseason programs as you look around the AFC East and the Jets still haven't got Aaron Rodgers yet but it looks like it's potentially heading in that direction. When you look at the AFCs, what do you view right now as the pecking order in the AFC East and why?
1: I think it starts with the bills, you know, given their track record, given what they've done over the last couple of years, and given the the roster that they've built, I think it it starts with Buffalo and they've earned that spot at the top of the AFC East. After that, it's a bunch of question marks. I think I, I would like to think Miami based on what they did for the majority of the season last year, as well as their off season additions so far would be maybe a number two and then new England, a number two, a maybe at least at this point, uh, you know, obviously it's all before the draft. So we don't know. And again, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still a question mark, although I'd like to think that would get done before, you know, summertime, but who knows when it comes to the jets, but I think right now it's, it's the bills and then you put the Patriots and the dolphins somewhere. there, you know, jockeying for that number two position. And then the Jets are are a question mark. Although I will say this about the Jets. The Jets have, have are the Jets are headed in the right direction. The Jets are doing a lot of good things. They've pushed all their chips in the middle of the table on this idea of getting Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. But I, I think that they are they are headed in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and the Jets are one of those teams that truly is only a quarterback away. A lot of teams want to say that, but the Jets. Really, you look at their roster, they had the best offensive rookie, the best defensive rookie, a really good young core. So if they can finally get that Rodgers deal done, you would think that they would maybe vault into that second place position. You mentioned Miami because that's a team that made the playoffs with a backup quarterback, started a playoff game with a third string quarterback. They add Jalen Ramsey. They add Vic Fangio to me it seems to me to all come down to Tua's health. And if Tua's healthy every game, I think they can finish second in the AFCs. Do, do you agree with that? Or do you think, yeah. is there more there for Miami?
1: No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I do think, and look, you know, at the end of the day too, we, you know, and I know we've talked about this before, it all comes down to the quarterback anyway, but it, it's even more so the case given Tua's health issues last year, uh, you know, setting aside the very real world implications of, you know, concussions and, everything that comes with that when you look at what the dolphins have done i I certainly think that you know they're they're a player two away here or there if two is healthy over the course of a full 17 game season maybe they challenge the bills maybe they end up challenging the bills for that top spot uh they had one of those seasons though two aside last year it felt at least for maybe three quarters of it that they were I don't want to say I don't want to say lucky, but but things were things were really falling into place for them. And you need to have seasons like that. And it feels like and this is just there's no optics involved. There's no, you know, numbers involved. It's just a a gut feeling here that their overall growth. And you see this with a lot of great teams where they will have a great season and then fall back a little bit, you know, maybe a, a loss or two here or there, they'll suffer from some personnel issues, whatever the case may be. And it feels like Miami might be primed for a bit of a step back in their overall development. I, I again, there, there's absolutely no no statistical you know basis for that thinking when when you take a look at them. But it's just when you look at really truly special young teams, the growth doesn't go on a straight line from A to B. It will go A and then kind of dip a little bit, and then they'll learn some lessons or they'll make some personnel adjustments, whatever the case may be, and then they'll finish where they want to be. So I do like what Miami has done, and it does, I agree with you, it all hinges on Tua, but... You know, there's, there's a few other things that play there, intangibles, that they have to consider heading into the 2023 season.
0: Yeah, I, I think the consistency factor is huge. We saw them come out of the gates last year, and they looked like one of the best teams in the NFL. Then they have a long losing streak the second half of the year. They end up squeaking into the playoffs, nearly beating that Bills team in Buffalo. So you, you're right. Development is not always linear, and, and one thing I'd like to see out of Miami is more consistency. And I mentioned that a lot of teams this week are starting their off-season programs. One of them, you're very familiar with the New England Patriots as they start this off-season program. And it starts with just strength and conditioning. Then it goes into OTAs, then minicamp in June. Is there a certain player or players that you really have? And they could be a new addition. They could be just a re-signing. They could be a guy you're just looking for development. Are there a player or players that you really have your eye on that you think need to take strong advantage of this time leading into next year?
1: I think there are a handful of guys there. And I'll, I'll start with more of a leadership, from a leadership perspective. I'm really fascinated to see what Matthew Judon is able to do, at least when it comes to stepping into a potential leadership void. With the loss of Devin McCourty, he seems to be well positioned to be the man on the defensive side of the ball. We know that he's been able to do that over the last couple of years, at least from an on-field perspective. But I want to see if Matthew Judon is going to be the leader, you know, take that next step and be the leader that we all think that he's capable of being. Uh, sticking on the defensive side of the football, Jonathan Jones. I Jonathan Jones is a guy, and we've talked about the Patriots secondary and you know the potential of moving him around a little bit. But I also want to see Jonathan Jones kind of step up and be and be more of a leader, be more of that guy who, you know, the rest of the team can look to. Because I do think that there's a leadership void there, and, and I think that it is prime. It's a it's a prime situation for some of those guys to kind of move into that. Being both Judon and Jones, um, moving over to the D, the offensive side of the ball, there there are two guys who, right off the top of my head, I really want to see where they are physically. At this stage of the offseason, one Trent Brown, because I think if Trent Brown can have a bounce back here, that brings some stability to that tackle position. And then maybe you don't necessarily need to lean on a Riley Reef or a Calvin Anderson or a draft pick. Say, I'm assuming that they're going to go out and get a, a tackle within the first 50 picks. Uh, you know, maybe it's not as much of a priority if if Trent Brown comes in and just crushes it and looks great and is, you know, got the footwork and is staying healthy and all that. The other guy's new guy, James Robinson. I'm fascinated by James Robinson because he's had a really interesting up and down career because of health issues and and if look if James Robinson is healthy I think he brings an added dimension to that backfield that they didn't necessarily have last year. He's a bit of a dynamic presence. So you look at those four guys. Those are four guys for me who kind of stand out at least when you're talking about individuals you want to keep an eye on see where they are at this stage of the offseason because if they're trending in the right direction I think that could mean good things for the New England Patriots.
0: Yeah, I think the James Robinson name is really interesting. That's a guy that before his Achilles injury in 2020, he had a thousand, over 1,000 rushing yards and over 300 receiving yards. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. a guy, I mean, talk about a dynamic impact. I mean, that would be the guy.
1: Yeah, and I'm fascinated to see, you know, you mentioned the rushing yards, but the receiving yards I think is really interesting when you talk about this Patriots team, or at least as it's setting up right now because they never had a replacement for James White last year. Look, Ramondre Stevenson is a really good back who can do an awful lot of things, but he is not best utilized in the passing game. He can catch passes. He can be a presence back there, but they need a guy who can be that third down back, be that changeup option. You know, you have kind of a guy like that, you know, in, in, um in Ma- in not Mac Jones, but, but, and I'm, it's the the name is the name is Marcus Jones. Marcus it's, his, Jones. it's an M Jones. Yeah. Marcus Jones, uh, a kind of a a dynamic presence back there in, in Marcus Jones who can do a few things and put some pressure on the, or on the opposing uh, defense, but he's not an every down or, you know, an, a play to play third down back, like a James White, like a Shane Vereen. I think James Robinson might be able to evolve into that role if he's fully healthy.
0: Yeah. And, and you wonder if Pierre strong could, fill part of that role he was really that was something he was really strong at in college and against Arizona last year he flashed but still it was Mm -hmm. he's in his second year we know how the Patriots a lot of times bring running backs along slowly I mean Ramondre Stevenson playing as much as he did his rookie year was more the exception to the rule than it was what they generally do so you wonder if Pierre Strong and Robinson together can fill that James White role and you did mention Mac Jones there now Mac Jones is a guy that obviously plays the most important position in sports. And rookie year, arguably one of the better rookie seasons for a quarterback ever, 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns. They went 10-7. and Last year, we all know the story. When you look at Mac Jones in these OTAs, and now that he's working with Bill O'Brien, and Adrian Clem is now a full-time offensive line coach, they have more stability there. What are you expecting to see from him over the next couple months in these OTAs through minicamp?
1: This is the most important year of his young career and, and he needs to be able to, and look, we can talk about blame and who is at fault for what happened last year. I think the quarterback bears some of that. I think the coaching staff bears some of that, both Belichick and Matt Patricia and the way they used him. And I, but I, I think that it's all on his shoulders this year, you know, both from a, a leadership standpoint and a, a practical on field standpoint, he needs to show that he can bounce back. He can, at least get back to where he was as a rookie. If not, you know, go past that. It's a quarterback lead. You know, we've we referenced it already in this, you know, talking about Tua. It, it's a quarterback-driven league, and it's, you know, your your guy has got to be the guy. And I think with the return of Bill O'Brien, with the addition of Mike Kosicki and Juju Smith-Schuster, with the addition of, you know, an, an offensive line coach and some tackle depth, the, it all sets up to put him in the best possible position to succeed. And I think that they're going to continue to add around him, whether that's through a trade at the draft or at the draft, but look, you know, I don't want to say he doesn't have any more excuses, but this is, this is, they're doing their best this year to set Mac up for success. They did not do that last year and it showed the results showed it was a frustrating year for everyone. They've done, I don't want to say a complete one eighty, but they've come awful close to that in, terms of putting the people around him both on the coaching staff and on the field to set him up for what should be an optimal year because like i said it's it's the most important young year it's it's the most important year of his young career
0: and you make a great point too chris about the pieces around him you just look back through his career so far you go back to his last year at alabama obviously they had great pieces around him and they were the best team in college football his rookie year really good pieces around him and he had a great rookie season now i think he's got Peace is very similar to 2021. Like you can say Josh McDaniels and Bill O'Brien. Now I'd take McDaniels personally, but they're pretty close. Same with Smith Schuster and Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne's there. Devonte Parker's there. Hunter Henry's still there. You'll probably get more from Gesicki than you got Johnny Smith. So the point is, is that what he had so much success with a couple of years ago, they've really come close to replicating at least that so far. And mm-hmm. you mentioned yeah. that there may be some additions in the draft, whether it's draft trade draft pick When you look at them going into the draft, which is, believe it or not, just a little over a week away already, what do you think they should do early on in the draft? Just look at the first two days, first three rounds. Do you think they should, hey, let's get this guy offensive line coach help, or let's get him receiver help, or do you think they're going to go in a different direction?
1: I think there are three positions that they need to focus on when it comes to the draft. And one of the important things is I just had Field Yates on my podcast a couple of days ago, and he talked about not only drafting for this year, but beyond. And when you look at some of the contract situations the Patriots are facing, they need to not only focus on 2023, but 2024, 2025. With that in mind, there are, at least in my mind, there are three positions that they need to focus on in no particular order. Tackle, cornerback, and wide receiver. And, you know, you can mix and match, and you can argue some other ones in there, maybe tight end, uh, you know, maybe safety. And again, I know we've talked about this moving Jonathan Jones back there, you know, seeing what you have you know, with, with, with Even some of the Jaylen other guys, Jalen Mills, another yeah, option, Mills yeah. some of the other guys on the roster, but I think those are the three positions that really, you know, they need to focus on when it comes to the draft. I, I you know, they double dipped at certain positions in the past, going back to back at, you know, running back or tackle or tight end, whatever the case may be. I, I do think they need to be able to focus on tackle. They need to be able to focus on cornerback and they need to be able to focus on, on uh, wide receiver. And I know you mentioned drafting for potentially not just
0: 2023, but 2024 and 2025 as well. That brings me to mind some of their recent draft picks. And I know Mac Jones is not going to be an extension guy this offseason like Jalen Hurts was. But of the guys they've drafted in recent years, Kyle Duggar, Mike Onwenu, other guys, who do you think is most in line and who would you prioritize for a contract extension between now and the start of training camp?
1: I think you just mentioned the two right off the top there, Duggar and Onwenu. Uh, two guys who have proven to be foundational elements very early on in their career. I love what Duggar does. And I think we talked about guys who are going to be leaders, guys who have shown an ability to be high character guys, to be able to be important locker room guys. And I think Duggar certainly set up to be one of those individuals, at least as we sit here right now, this is a guy who can deliver on the field because you need to be build really build social currency with your, with your teammates. But you know, I, I I now want to see him take that next step, and I think that the franchise wants to see him take that next step. And if he does, he will be rewarded accordingly. Owenu is one of those guys along the offensive line who, uh, you know, I'll use the same phrase. He's an absolute foundational element. I think he's going to flourish under Adrian Clem, and I think he is. I think he is deserving of some sort of extension sooner rather than later. So those are two that immediately come to mind when. You know, you think about guys that you want to have around, guys that you want to build around, guys that you want to create, uh, you know, a a, really a a culture of winning, you know, a a positive culture in the locker room. I think those guys check all the boxes when you talk about guys who are deserving, at least at this stage of their careers, of an extension.
0: Where are you at on Josh Uche? Because he had the 11 and a half sacks last year, but most of them were, or actually all of them, excuse me, were after October 25th. So. Is he a guy that you would
1: look to give an extension to, or do you need to see more next season? I need to see a little more. And when I say a little more, I mean like that, that, you know, when you, (laughs) when you talk about him and and, and the phrase that we used before, I think you could use that as Uche with Uche as well. I think you need to see a little consistency. I, I think, I think if he comes out and has another double digit sack season, I think it's all good. But I, I want to see him continue to build on that. I want to see him continue to stack success and head in the right direction. He had a great second half of the year last year. He deserved a Pro Bowl berth. He deserved, you know, he deserved every single accolade that came his way. Now I want to see him continue that. You know, if he comes out of the gate and offenses are game planning to stop him, or if he struggles, or if he has health issues, whatever the case may be, that's not a good sign. What you want to see from him is that continued level of consistency that we saw over the second half of the year last year, him building with guys like Judon around him, guys like Barmore, an ability to get after the quarterback is going to be absolutely imperative that he continues to head in that right direction. Chris, last topic I
0: want to ask you about here, and it's been talked about ad nauseum across New England. The Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, triangle of tension, if you will, and what's going on there. What's your read on this situation? Like, obviously, look, they went 8-9. Belichick is frustrated they went 8-9. Mac Jones was frustrated by poor coaching. There's whispers that they don't think there's a huge gap between Mac and Zappy. Robert Kraft is frustrated by the team performance the last few years. So just, I, I know this is a broad situation, but what is your read on this and where it goes from here?
1: Well, I can tell you as, I can, from my perspective as a journalist, when that pro football talk, report came out that he had that you know they had been quote-unquote shopping mac jones that is a vague enough term where you can kind of walk it back if it doesn't if nothing you know ever comes of it guys a lot of guys get talked about in the offseason and i'm not saying that they didn't talk about mac jones or the potential of trading mac jones but it's a big leap to go from a conversation to quote-unquote shopping to really dealing in specifics i would have put more veracity i would have put more um what's what's the phrase i'm looking for here yeah, uh, I, a little I, bit more foundation behind exactly it, it, it was exactly. just like
0: oh they shopped him like yeah
1: if if yeah. if that report had said well we want a two-form or if, if there were if there was real if there was a real serious level of return that was listed in the report then i would have said okay well you know now there's something there there's really something there. If there were specifics involved, we can trade you Mac, you know, and we'll get a two in return or a three in return or a one in return, whatever the case may be. Then I think I, I would have put a little bit more stock in that. The one thing that I always have to remember, covering the Patriots, as long as I did, was that you never say never. You never deal in You never deal in absolutes when it comes to New England, because as soon as you say the Patriots would never do this, and in this instance, well, they would never – try and trade Mac Jones after just two seasons. They turn around and do it because Bill doesn't give a, you know, what about tradition or history or precedent or whatever the case may be. So I can see it from both perspectives. I, I, but really, John, at the end of the day, I I know what I know. And, and again, you know, I'll go back to what I said about, you know, as a journalist, I would like a little bit more. I would like a little bit more of my report you know, if, 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 if it's really true. And again, I'm not dismissing the fact that he was maybe part of a conversation. Look, if he's talking with Josh, you know, they mentioned the Raiders and they mentioned the Texans in there. If he's talking with Nick Casario or Josh, and they're just shooting the, you know, what, at the league meetings and Hey, you know, what do you think about Mac? Well, does that constitute shopping? Right. You know, and so it's a good point. Yeah. It's just, and again, I'm not saying it didn't happen and I'm not saying those conversations didn't happen, but. It's a long way to go from that report to saying that Mac Jones is on the trade block. So that's that's just my perspective as a journalist. That's how I looked at the whole thing.
0: And do you think Mac Jones is frustrated being here? Or do you think he's more on board with things now that they have Bill O'Brien on board as offensive coordinator?
1: I think it's more the latter. I yeah. do. I think there was a level of frustration last year. I think it's only natural for him to be frustrated and it's not much, so, you know, I'd be frustrated. You'd be frustrated. With, I was. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going, yeah. you know, if, if you're Mac Jones, you had the level of success that you had as a rookie, you expect to build on that and you're not, and you're kind of saying, well, what the hell do we have to do to kind of turn things around here a little bit? So I, I think it's only now I'm not going to fault him for being frustrated at all. But I I think that he is in a better place now. I think also, too, part of it, John, and you know this as well as I do, that, you know, three months, four months, five months after the season, you kind of have time to cool off a little bit. Kind of step back, a little perspective, and you get a chance to see, okay, look, we need to fix X, Y, and Z. And I think so far, the Patriots have headed in the right direction with their personnel decisions. And I think if you're Mac Jones, you like the fact You're getting a dedicated offensive coordinator in here. You like the fact that you're getting a dedicated offensive line coach. And again, this is no slight at Matt Patricia, but it's just the way the coaching staff is set up. You like the fact that, you know, you've signed two offensive tackles. You're going to get more support. You're going to get a guy in here like Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Kosicki. And you're going to have more talent around you in 2023 than you had in 2022. So I think ultimately the answer to your question, I think he's more encouraged but we will see how it all plays out over the course of the year. All right,
0: Chris Price, uh, just give folks an idea of where to find you
1: and your work. I'm at C. Price Globe on Twitter. That's C Price G-L-O-B-E. G-L-O-B-E. You can also see my stuff occasionally at boston.com as well as bostonglobe.com.
0: Awesome. He is Christopher Price. He's also a member of the Believe Network, does a great job hosting the Patriots Report. Chris, always a pleasure speaking with you, and thank you so much for taking the time to come on.
1: My pleasure. Take care.